0: This podcast is all over the place. The first part of the podcast got interrupted because my boy came to kick it on the roof, and so I had to chop it up with him. And then the second half, I was super sleep-deprived, and I did it in China. So you just got to roll with me. You got to rock with me. Rock and roll with the boy. This one is a bit of an adventure. You get some uh, key advice on how to be a, the, the survival kit on how to be a substitute teacher— My breakdown on geometry and the different types of shapes that people can be in. And also how I fucked up when I packed for Thailand. And if you're going to travel abroad, what you need and what you don't. So a little all over the place, but when am I not? Some in the airport, some at home, some out in New York here in the telly. Enjoy. another episode of Behind the Grind and Creative Contact with your host, I am Kia O'Ryan. Thank you for tuning in. As always, you could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, whether you're walking on, hopefully walking on solid ground. If you're rocking with me on video or on audio, I appreciate you. I'm rocking the headphones today because it's my official last day in W Living out here, in Chiang Mai Thailand after about six and a half months just moved all my stuff out of my room and I packed the my H1 zoom joint and I was already up on the roof when I realized that it's kind of a critical piece so hopefully the audio is alright but needless to say my whole thing is that you work with what you got because it'll never be perfect and this is what I got, so this is how we rock in today. So but today, the theme of today is going to be about one, how I'm a raving lunatic now, and two, my six-month review of life out here. It's uh been just about... man, time goes so fast, I came out here on six or yeah i I made the decision in March, so it's not quite a year, but it's been close to a year it was It was definitely getting to that point much sooner, but I remember I made the decision in March and bought the one way ticket and then spent a couple months at home selling all my stuff and getting a job teaching English online before coming out here and I think that's that's my that's my story and I'm sticking to it that's what I tell people now is that, and that's why I sound like I'm a bit of a crazy uh just a bit of a crazy person because I get so intense about how fortunate I am to be out here and it's really not that hard if you can get I was talking to a friend the other day who just wants to pursue her art and if you can get your ass out here and take that leap you don't need a million bucks I came out here I think with a little more than a grand I think I'm here about 1200 um or maybe even less than that because I incurred some costs, some unknown fees. That's the thing about traveling that's stressful is that if you're trying to do it on the on cheap, there will always be little fees that they hit you with, whether it's for visa stuff or you overstay or et cetera, et cetera. It can be hard to try to pinch pennies along the way. So I'd say you don't need a huge cushion. A lot of people get that twisted. If you can take the leap, look at some, um, there's, you look at Google Flights, this is Kia's, Tips on flights: Google Flights just to sort of get a, a brief idea of how things are looking, and then this app called Hopper, which I highly recommend. It's this super cute little bunny, and he'll tell you whether when to buy your flight, whether you should wait, how, the kind of trends that are going on. So book a one-way ticket. My, I got mine, I think, for 500. I just no, I got it for 320. I take it back. I got my one-way ticket for 320, and then I just bought my one-way ticket back home for 550. Or in that's round trip. So if you can get it early enough you don't need it to be anything crazy a couple months if you can get out here it's a lot easier to float out here once you can just mentally it's all a mental thing it's that mental block of the unknown of thinking that i say just play the worst case scenario that that was it for me is it's okay you start you you don't have much money you get out here let's go worst case scenario It's the worst that can, worst that can happen you have Worst case scenario is, right, you die. That's worst case. But let's not play that game. But when it comes to money, if you run out of money, people think, like, you're going to end up on the street or something, and that's not true at all. If you can speak English, I think that's what people don't realize. That's what I talked about in the last episode. You can make it out here. Teach English in person, online, whatever, whatever, you make it work. And this is hands down the best decision I've ever made in my entire life, in my entire adult life. This is all that I've ever wanted was to spend my days making music and so looking back on the past week uh, I was able to link up with a couple friends here and that's something that I've been trying to do more of because I realized my life especially as a as a producer is kind of like this reclusive grinder my life is pretty now that I'm here and looking at that six that three sixty, three sixty or 180 I'm I was never great at Spins Whichever one... I'm not turning all the way around. I guess I'm just going to turn it halfway around. So it's a 180. Or a 540 if I'm fucking playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Um, hit a 540. Turned around and a half. Because... And I'm going to get even more sentimental. I'm, I'm going to get even more sentimental closer we get to the end of the year. So this is just a little taste of the boy getting sentimental on you. But... I remember I was like, this is my year, and something had to change. I was tired of subbing every day, waking up at 5.30, going to sub, or last summer I was a, I was busing at this place called A Kitchen. I think it's like 15th and Walnut in Philly. If you know Philly, you know this place. It's A Kitchen, A Bar. It's this like cool, trendy little hipster uh, hotel and bar. I was busing, and I remember... I was also, I'd been subbing before. So I was working, I was working subbing during the year and then I would do bartending or busing over the summers when school was out or sell clean energy. But that's another story. You got to wait for that one. And I remember subbing at this one school. I love this school, Science Leadership Academy. It was one of the best jobs that I, one of the best schools that I was able to go do, the best gigs when I woke up. And I remember her name was Miss Diane. I should actually reach out to her. Note to self, someone remind me. I need to reach out to Miss Diane, and she would, she would email me say, Hey, Kia, we have an opening, because subbing, that's the motion. You, it's not the principal. Principal can love you. Kids can love you or hate you. The person you've got to get in with, if you're a sub out there, this is, this is Kia's tips for life, is getting to know the right people to put you into places to work. It was the lady that would work at the front desk, the secretary or um, people that worked in the office, because they're the ones that control the software. And so even if the principal, no matter some big shot likes you, great, kids love you, great, doesn't matter. you got to get in with that one. So Miss Diane, I would bring her New York maple syrup for Christmas or whatever. Just a little, little bribe just to let her know, listen, I appreciate you. And she would hook me up with gigs when they needed a sub. And so there's this one school, Sonsorship Academy. I loved them. The kids were rock stars. Um philly has a couple schools like that they're called project-based schools project-based learning and they're under some other fancy title i can't remember but workshop school science leadership all my favorite ones the u school that are just totally they're taking education in a completely different way and so i'd show up and i just vibed with the students there like they got it I, i could actually tell them i was into music and when you're a teacher or you're a person of influence in that regard. They really look up to you a lot. And anybody who's out there as a teacher knows your students, whether they admit it or not, especially in high school. Even if you're a sub, dude, you can really connect with people. Not all the time. Like a lot of schools, I was a nobody and they'd shit on me and it was whatever. I was a corny white guy in a suit. But in certain places that I become, that I got to become a regular at, they'd, they'd work with you. And, and the kids would look up to you. And I remember after school ended, that so been in, so not this past because I was here with the one before and then I got this bussing job at a bar and I remember I was bussing and then I was waiting and just training for the waiting I started as a busser and I was outside and they made you wear these fucking stupid aprons that had to be like totally ironed and this certain light blue color palette of shirt that adobe would have been proud of i was like and it's just so that's so not me i mean i'm the guy out here who's topless and you know making ends meet so it was just a little bit too hoity-toity for me. But anyway, so I'm out there. I'm folding the napkins with the crazy triangle that you have to get just right and putting the coasters down and making sure the fork and knife or cr- and whatever. You know what I'm saying? You feel me. You feel me. And I remember my students walked by. And one of them, there's this one that, yo, know, I fuck with this dude's so heart. His name's Brandon. And he was like, Mr. O. And No. I take it back. He was like, Mr. O.? And then I was like, what's up, Brandon? And he's like, Mr. oh!" But it was crazy to that he saw me. And for that split second, I could just tell. It was strange. He was like, yo, why is this dude out here in an apron, like, bussing? Like, what's up? It was just so. And I'd be like, yo, yo, keep it down. Because, like, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm working. And he's like, okay, whatever. Dapped him up. And then he kept it moving. But it was just a crazy thing of how in one scenario you can be the man and then in the others, there was like three managers that were just shitting on me because I wasn't talking about the, the octopus a la plancha correctly. You know what I mean? I don't even know if I said that shit right. I'm like, yo, it's grilled octopus, it's popping, what else do you want? Um, obviously it wasn't a good fit. And how the world, the difference of how the world sees me and kind of how I see myself as a creative dude. I just feel like I have a lot, I have a lot to offer I have a lot to offer the world. And it just completely changed the way that I think about everybody's job. Because you never know what people are going through. And you never know... Especially folks that work in the service industry, I think a lot, are folks that want to do other stuff, myself included. And so it's just strange, though, how that can get to be a bit of a... It can get to be a bit of a mindfuck. That was... It's hard... To maintain, I think, that image of self at times when the world keeps giving you signals of a a certain way. And I I mean, that's a conversation that can go into so many other aspects of race and privilege and all these things. But where I'm taking it is just that idea of the world for so long. I think when I was a student at school and at university, it was like, oh, cool, Kia, yeah, he does his rap thing. But growing up, it's not like people where I'm from did music, you know what I mean? It, you, I didn't see that. It wasn't an influence, so it never seemed like an option. And then in college, it was like, oh, yeah, I'll do the music, whatever. I'll go to other stuff. I was never really focused on school. And then after school, working in these jobs, I never felt like I could fully be myself, right? Because you show up, you're in your, you're trying to be who you are in your LinkedIn profile, you know what I mean? This, I'm here to optimize. It's just stupid shit. You, I feel like I could never be myself ever. And then especially when it came to the busing the subbing I could a little bit but then it would kind of get me in trouble depending on uh the scenarios and so I say that to say these past six months have been beyond beyond without a shadow of a doubt life-changing in so many ways part of it is I was talking to my friend Jess about this actually earlier today that I feel like I'm nobody I feel bulletproof I feel like nobody has anything on me anymore and that that isn't in a way of I feel like I know everything it's the opposite I feel like now I can say I don't know please teach me that's why I'm here as the community I want to learn I'm here I'm a sponge to soak shit up but I don't feel like I have to I don't have to hide parts of myself or pretend like I am I have it more put together than I actually do. That's part of this podcast and the beauty of it. And actually, shout out to y'all who have reached out to me because the more that I open up about how much I am stumbling through it and figuring things out and fucking up, the more people say, oh, yo, Key, yo, I really appreciate that. I, that resonated with me a lot. Also, if you need something, here it is. Like, the more you're willing to open up and say, I don't know, the more people are kind of willing to give you give you advice and perspective and it's not oh, it's not always like you have to take it like sometimes people might be like yo have a completely different artistic vision or whatever but that idea of just kind of opening yourself up in an authentic way is one of the things that being out here for six months has really taught me is that just being less afraid of judgment I think that I'm not I, like I am I'm wearing a, am wearing a fanny pack dude My jokes are super corny already I'm already in dad mode You feel me? So it's like It's just one of those things That I feel I feel pretty Pretty motherfucking blessed To even be out here But you know My boy just popped up on the roof So I'm gonna stay with up One second Alright we back We good We good the, uh, the recording was good So here's the thing right I'm wearing a roll up Because it's in China And it's cold as shit and my mics are packed in my other bag, so the, my actual recording quality is going to be a little less than stellar this time. I, I'm not on my Zoom one, but if you saw the other part of this podcast, then you already know what's up. Um, so here's the deal. This podcast, I want to come to you, I want to start it off talking to you about shapes. Right? And I'm not talking about circles, triangles, trapezoids rectangles I want to talk to you about three shapes in particular there's good shape and if I'm topless you feel me as some good shape there's bad shape you already know what that is what comes to mind and then there's airport shape and that's what your boy's in currently it's Actually, there's probably four shape. After bad shape, there's rough shape. And then after rough shape, there's airport shape. That's when you've been traveling. That's coming off of a no good old hostile sleep. <laughs> no hostile sleep. That 4.30 commute a.m. to the airport. And then dealing with that stuff all day. And then catching flights. And then connecting in China. And then having a 1.30 a.m. flight. It's a 15-hour flight back to that good old New York City. By the way, speaking of New York, the guy, the Chinese dude who just checked me in through security, I was pretty sure made a joke about my Timbs, and he, I thought, I thought he, I was like, "Yo, make me a good deal." I said to him, "I said, make me a good offer." I mean, these are Earthwalker Walker Timbs; these are a decent shape, a little scuff, but I take care of them. I said, "What you want for them?" You know, I'll, I'm willing to part with them. There's actually. This is a tangent, as if this whole podcast hasn't been a tangent. Um, the biggest mistake I think I made wardrobe-wise coming to Thailand was unfortunately the Tims. Uh, this, this has been part two of an already tangential podcast, which was supposed to be my wrap-up of the past six months, but instead has turned into the debauchery that is Kia's typical day-to-day life. Um, but if I could pack it's something that I realized I definitely need to change I'm not sure if you guys can see this angle I'm going to turn you so you can see that good outside I'm coming through clear here but how, how dope is that right it's probably just a reflection but we're in Guangzhou I'm sorry I'm sorry I don't know how to say it but if you're going to pack for Thailand dude Leave the Tim's at home. I wore my boots once and it was a grave mistake. The rest of the times I wore the Nikes my big bro gave me that my hand-me-down Nikes. Uh, those are a much better move. You don't need nearly as much as you think you do. Now that I'm coming back, I realize how much shit I just overpacked. Like I was trying to, I think I, I thought I'd be bouncing around a lot more. And so I was trying to prepare for everything. I had, like, these... I got this crazy thing for chargers for to, like, match every kind of socket. And it was, like, for European voltage and blah, blah, blah. And all I really ever needed was, like, this, like, $5 universal adapter I got on Amazon that has, like, six different plugs in it. It's just, like, choo-choo-choo. It makes that sound effect. Uh, Another thing that was a complete waste was I got a little like a little portable wi-fi it wasn't portable wi-fi it's not like a tepi or anything like that but it's a little thing it's like a wi-fi extender that's what it was didn't need it what i did use that was dope that uh is a good a good looking back on my time things that i use a lot was rechargeable double a's have these n-a-loop and n-a-loop batteries and i use those a ton um so those if you're gonna travel abroad that's a thing is get some good, durable double-A bats because you're going to need them, bitches. Another thing, too, is people have been reaching out to me about traveling. It's cool kind of doing this podcast and talking to people and just kind of putting myself out there more often that people are starting to hit me up for travel advice, which is really cool because that's what I want to... I I don't want to be a life coach, quote-unquote, but... It's been such a game changer that I feel like I'm a bit of a fanatic. Philly fanatic. Shout out Philly fanatic. I feel like I'm a bit of a raging lunatic because I'm so over the moon, ecstatic, passionate about this move and what's afforded me. And so now I'm trying to get everybody to just really realize their potential and to do, I think one thing it's done for me too is to see how much people are able to do what they love. It's like I'm I'm just so over this idea of um, letting what other people think about you dictate your career path for some reason. And I realize this coming from a very privileged place because I do have parents that were very unconventional themselves. So they were when I told them this, I think they were a little bit surprised, but they weren't it's not some crazy traditional family structure that expected me to take over the family business or to go be a doctor, lawyer, something traditional. My dad is a children's author and storyteller for a long time. So that he was like Oh, he's like, this is my fault. You know what I mean? Like he he went off in his crazy adventure and I think it was very understanding when I told him I kind of want to go seek my fortune. But now that I'm out here, now that I'm able to bop around a little bit, now that I'm able to pinch pennies so much and not even in a way where I feel like I've got to scrounge like I did when I was in Philly in New York and to keep it a buck with you, I'm not sure many of you know this, I was on EBT. I was on food stamps when I was in New York. Um, I had my food stamps card and then when I was in Philly I I qualified and I also had my access card for groceries because I was just making ends meet I haven't had more than $2,000 in my bank account for a long time never had it be over that it's always been below that but making it work and that's it's like a month to month thing but, the month the month out here is so, such a different ballgame. Last night, for my last meal, and they're showing on the TV, they're showing this thing with rhinos. And I got a soft spot for rhinos, so I'm a little distracted. But, my last meal was this bowl of tom yum soup. I got it in the market. It was like a buck fifty. Poppin' dude, it was dumplings, yellow noodles spicy delicious broth herbs spices dollar fifty like Thailand is my dream place this place especially Bangkok I fuck with Bangkok but really Chiang Mai and I think some of the islands I really dig too but that's why I encourage people to do it is because it's um, it's really changed my life in so many ways and when I think about the sex uh, when I think about the past six months how much of I'm a different man going into it than I am coming out of it. I was I went into it a little bit crippled because of the I was in rough shape I was in rough shape at that point mentally. Just because I've been dealing with this kind of weight of self-worth and expectations, all very much self-imposed, but also that that feeling of when you tell people, oh you meet up with old friends, especially going to places, you know, go to Cornell you meet up with old homies and they're running businesses or lawyers, doctors, whatever, and I'm like, oh I'm a substitute. And they're like, oh, how's that? It's like, fuck, dude, I just feel like it's hard. It's hard to be like, no, I like I swear I'm 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 doing music. But it just especially because the music too, I'm about to post something in not second them. It's not like the music is super poppin', it's not like I can look to the music and be like, hey, no, I'm doing music, listen, I'm subbing, but look at how poppin' the music is. It's like, you no, know, I'm subbing, but I'm still trying to be a SoundCloud rapper. It's like, it's a very, it's just a different sort of ball ballgame where now, because I am so happy, I don't, those, those positions and those titles and that success doesn't feel like it has, like it weighs on me anymore. I feel it's very liberated. I feel, I think what it is, dude, when you really boil it down to the kernel of what Thailand's given me, it's given me just complete freedom and this, this sense of being bulletproof. Because I'm so happy that there's no there's no level of crazy success that I could be doing right now that would make me, I think, exponentially happier than I am. I do think having some more of an influence maybe, like to be able to like do uh, like meetups for producers. If I can get stuff popping or if I could do more stuff, but that was like, um, it, I'd love to do so like some speaking gigs, like, in, like more, if I could work more with people and have more of an influence and also be in a position where I, can, I could hook up homies to like dope jobs or to bring on to my team or to link up with other people that I know could help them. That's what I'm really looking forward to, is having that, that influencer as a connector. But in terms of like actual happiness, my day to day, I can tell this is one of those periods in my life. I have the, I'm, I've, I've had that rare glimpse of foresight that these will, I'll be looking back on this as one of those periods that is like one of those best periods of my life where I wake up, drink my green smoothie, do my yoga, do my little gratitude practice, and then I get to just do whatever I want for the day. I like make music. I go to the gym. I do jujitsu. It, like it's, it's ideal. I live like I would live as if I was in like the Hollywood Hills. But I just feel better about it because I'm getting tom yum soup for a buck fifty. So I think that's the that's the thing. Is it's because, before I feel like other people always had things on me because their success or whatever, had that they were happier because of these things. And. It's just interesting now, because I'm able to do what I love, that it is that feeling of, like, just being able to be completely liberated that's really dope. And I I feel like that's—it's a very—it's not like I did anything super special. I think that's one reason why I'm super stoked about it, is— I'm, I'm. I feel like I'm. I'm a lunatic or a lunatic because I share. It. I want to share it with so many people. I think that's when you know you're really on something dope. Is because I can't stop talking about it. Obviously, I keep. I keep wanting to bring people on board with it. Um, because it isn't. I didn't do anything special. It's just having the knowledge that it's doesn't. It's not super expensive to do it. Having the knowledge that. It's not some crazy alternate universe. It's like um, there are all these fears, I think, that, that are ingrained in us as people, a little bit of xenophobia, but also as Americans, almost as part of that, like, crazy rat race to kind of keep us in the states that we we think we're the best. And then we also kind of portray these other places. People be like, oh, Kia, are you, like, sleeping in, like, the jungle in, like, a tent? I'm like, dude, that could not be further from the truth. But in the states, I think, to try to keep people there, we don't—I just— I was talking to a dope Chinese lady on the plane not even 50 minutes ago about this, uh, about how in the States... In other countries, I feel like they just really embrace travel. they like, go see other stuff. In the States, we are like, no, stay here and become a worker for somebody and pay taxes because we're the best. And it just... Um, you don't have to. And I think that's my thing is you get one of these, so why not... If you see somebody that you want to beat, like for me, I was talking about the Drake thing. I'm seeing, I'm like, why not chase some Drake shit? Like, I think we, and don't get it twisted. There's a part of me that's also, that's also very, that no, I ain't shit. But then there's also that part of me that says, why not? Shoot, like, what do you have to lose? Why not? Go for that. You know, why not try to take this thing? all the way across the universe into outer space with it you know like um, one thing that I've been thinking a lot about with that too is a post I'm gonna post about soon I'm running out of time already is this post I'm gonna do on my Spotify numbers for the past year because they're pretty low but you know, and I talk about, like, I'm trying to take over the world type shit. And I'm like, yo, I really am. And so what that tells me is, one, we have a long way to go. <laughs> we, got, we got a long ass way to go. But what it also tells me is, two, from looking at the numbers, is that the people that fuck with me, the cool part about it is that I'm building this tribe of people they're like my people they're like Kia I support you. I support your movement I support the music and then I know every single one of them by name I know everybody I know and th- I'm not saying like that I'm getting a bunch of like random fans like everyone who listened to the music was like very intentional about it and that's really cool because and I know I've heard on this before but they say you only need a thousand true fans and so that is really my entire my entire thesis of this of building this online empire is like that thousand true fans, and it's not like when I talk about the taking over the world thing, like hey, you're getting more than a thousand fans to take over the world. But I say that kind of jokingly in a way where I'm not, you know, serious. am coming for them. I'm coming for the universe, but also in the way of like that smallest viable audience that you hear me talking about that thousand those thousand folks really carving out a a lane a niche of making stuff that resonates with those one thousand people that I truly love and believe in that that that's like all you really need if you have a thousand people that are going to ride or die for you in a way, you're kind of taking over your own little universe, like, and I think that's that's the key is to focus on that thousand. And right now, it's like 250. I think it was like 249 or something. I got my 200, 249 fans. Um, but when I think about those 249, I don't know every single person's name, and their life story, where they're from, who they are, which is pretty cool. Because if you think about filling up a room with 250, your closest homies that all fuck with you, that's good energy. So, this was supposed to be a six-month review, but it turned into a bit of a mishmash because I got interrupted with my battery ran out last night, and then now I'm half awake and I'm in China. But I'm going to do another review when I have more energy next week, and I'll write some shit out of like actual tangible things, because I'm in that point now where I'm starting to write, I'm doing my yearly reflection, so I actually have some real cold hard stats for y'all, but I think that's, it's these fucking rhinos, man, these rhinos are back, they're just so cute, I can't stop watching them, I think, but that's, that's, that's the thing, is it'll be, end of the year always kind of fucks with me a little bit, because you start to think about stuff, but when uh, I think about where I was last year at this time, it's a completely different different place, so thank you for tuning in, made it this far. I know this was a little bit rambling, disjointed, but when am I not, right? So let me show you the airport real quick and I'll get you out of here.